Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best fully functional GPS when you're out of service. Offline maps allow you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline, so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is... Oh, this is something I never wanted to happen. This was never supposed to be part of the plan. This is a this is a live it's it's a live recorded show. It was meant to be that way. All all I ever did. I mean, I did a couple other things, but the primary thing I have done over the years is argue against people who've tried to convince me of all the benefits and ease that would come. If you would just record the interviews over Skype and shit like that. And I've always said it just violated my artistic sensibility. I just resisted it against all comers. But but in the end I, I in the end I was defeated by COVID nineteen. So here we are. Recording the show, not live. I am so close to Cal, I can smell him, but we can't be together. Can't silence our phones, cats and dogs living together. Anarchy, mass hysteria. Cal's so close, I could smell him, but I, I, I can't touch him. He's over in his his in his garage. Giannis, 
Not as close, but I could still kind of smell him. Locked up in his home. The big moose skull from Alaska looking down upon him. Uh, which makes you feel especially distant as Cal is just robbed. Cal, can you tell everybody about getting robbed? Oh, man. Um, yeah, so folks broke into, I guess, thieves, not folks. Thieves brought, uh, broke into my truck, opened my garage door about two feet with my garage door opener. And... Uh, uh- can I, can I ask you real quick about yeah. that? So they did yeah. like uh, they to to uh, reduce noise. They just opened enough to crawl under. Yeah, reduce noise and and you know everything's very well lit here twenty twenty four hours a day. So maybe it was to keep the uniformity from somebody driving down the street. Yep, because yep. the garage doors are so tall, but. And, and then, just to paint the picture, Cal lives in a Cal lives in a live work spot. So he's got a big, huge garage, and on top of that sits his uh, house, his home. Yeah, one bedroom apartment. So that may be even giving these folks way too much credit. Um, you know, my little sister's a detective now. I like to call her a Dick uh, down in Denver. <laughs> And I was asking her about Dick in Denver, uh, what her thoughts were. And, and uh, you know, I have all, I got fancy new steel gas powered chainsaw. One of the, yeah, they didn't the take ch- your chainsaws. No, no. So there is like this $1,200 chainsaw right next to an $800 chainsaw. And they took, the $200 like hedge trimmer. And I was asking my little sister about that and, and she was very serious. She's kind of a serious kid. Hard to call her. She's a serious dick. Um, and she's like, well, did it have like a nice package or did it have like bright colors to it? I said, well, the the lettering is was really bright you know it's brand new packaging and she's like yeah ryan that's called meth she's like anything that's like shiny and good looking and you started looking around the garage and uh yeah it was just like severe severe add where something would be picked up and moved and put on the floor and then in that spot, you'd look around and be like, oh, from here they grabbed this and moved it. And they, yeah, the so they piled up a bunch of guns. You know, I never got around to building the, the, the gun safe that I was going to build or the safe room for the guns that I was going to build. Um, but nothing was out. But they found where I have all the guns and they just, they brought them out and stacked them. And then I have a brand new Weatherby 18. I, um, in the box that I was going to, uh, mount some Turkey sights on. And that was laying on, uh, the couch next to my desk down here in my garage office where I was doing all my taxes and trying to refinance my home. 
And where that shotgun was placed is where my whole file of all of my sensitive financial information had been resting. So they had picked up the brand new shotgun, saw that file, put the shotgun down, picked up the file, threw that in my bag. Um, in order to use, so they used my Yeti backpack and, and this black hole Patagonia duffel that I've had for 15 years and in, to like grab stuff and throw stuff in them. And that black hole duffel bag, they dumped out several thousand dollars worth of fly fishing gear in order to utilize the bag to put in uh, maybe a hundred dollars worth of pawn shop tools in that bag. So your your sister thinks it's meth. I think it's I'm putting together a little profile. I think I it's like uh, it. I like it. They got a they got a hedge at their house that looks rough. Um, they're handymen. And they got a background in accounting. Uh, they got a sack f- full, like many, many, you know, we always talk about like, what the hell do you do with elk ivories? Well, I've just been cleaning them up and chucking them in. Uh, it's not a crown Royal bag, but you know, like those little velvety <laughs> booze bags. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for freaking ever. They stole those. They took those. Uh, also, a couple of arrowheads that I had sitting there, some buffalo teeth, and I felt really bad for the cop, right? Because he's like, what's missing? And what he meant to say is, tell me if any guns are missing. But he just said, what's missing? And it's 2.45 a.m., and I'm walking around my gar- my garage being like, son of a bitch! And he's like, okay, what? I'm like, my buffalo teeth. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my arrowheads and my elk teeth. And uh, and then I turn around and he's writing this stuff down. Like out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of justice or anything, right? And I'm like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, look around. I'm like, you know what? They, uh, they got a couple of... Uh, Weatherby over and under shotguns that I had, I had uh, that are like our office shotguns, you know. Uh, and I had had them here for one of our last hunts of the year, and and cleaned them up and had them sitting in the garage or sitting in the gun room. And uh, they had taken those; those were the only two shotguns that they made it out the door with. Um, but they stole my truck. They grabbed my spare set of keys. Oh, and your They're truck's sit- gone. It was gone for all of five minutes. They drove it a tenth of a mile with the stuff. Must have thrown it in wherever they had parked their car. And, you know, the the Bozeman PD had my truck. Like, two officers show up, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And then immediately, one of the officers, like, grabs his, like you see on TV, like, grabs his radio, and he's like, and runs out of here. And you know, 15 seconds later, they're like, yeah, they got your truck. I'm like, oh, okay. So go over to the truck and there's the two Weatherby shotguns in the back. 
but they got so here's here's the biggest like the biggest takeaway for me um lock your guns up oh like that's the thing is like the stuff that was locked up but you know in my mind it is locked up but yeah Yeah, it's locked up in your garage yeah right you need to do a better job of locking your stuff up how many feet were you from the burglars while they were burglarizing you if you could bore a hole through the ceiling about eight feet uh, but so wow. here's here's the crazy takeaway, right? Home defense. A year ago, when I move into this place, I make the decision. Not, I mean, whatever. Ju- judge me. Um, oh, I already, a, ha- I already have Cal to put a ten millimeter pistol and a three fifty seven pistol in in. In cases, but like carry cases, right? Base essentially right next to my bed. Yeah, and I and I made that decision to where I was like, you don't, well, have, you don't have kids, so go ahead. And I was like, but still safe, you know, like yeah. not my nephew's not going to come over here and and have any way of accessing those things. So um, I used to keep a pistol next to my bed. You can't do that when you got people running around your house, but if you live by right. yourself, yeah. Um, but you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, yeah, home defense. And why would I just have all my guns downstairs when I'm upstairs? So I hear stuff going on outside and I'm like, ah, no, that's nothing. But I have turkey stock going on on the stove. I'm like, I better talk, check that turkey stock since I'm awake anyway. And then I get up and I hear (laughs) what time this is at 2 40 a.m. You had, hold on, let me get this straight. So it's 2.40 a.m. and you're like, wake up and realize that you want to check your turkey stock? Well, something wakes me up, right? And I kind of listen. I'm like, oh, this is kind of a noisy area of town anyway. And you kind of get used to some of the noises. Okay. But also, there is something like, that's not right. So I'm like, oh, I got a turkey stock on the stove. I'm going to go check the turkey stock. I make it about five feet, and I'm like, oh, my God. Somebody, persons, or a person is downstairs in my home, like in my home. And right next to me are those two pistols. And I know, as any hunter in any scenario would know, if I step out onto my deck, I will be looking at at least one of these people. Yeah. And it is at that moment that I'm like, do not grab that pistol because you will kill that person. Oh, I feel like I would have thought something different. Yeah, man. But I just absolutely know, like from the gajillion times I've been in the woods at this point, you know, when you're like, well, let me just look at it through the scope. <laughs> Like things die when you do that. And, and at at that point I was like, man, I, I don't want to kill anybody tonight. Right or wrong. I mean, that's, that's the process that went through my head. Now the other deal is you didn't have, uh, um, man, 
you weren't just overcome with just immediate feelings of just wanting vengeance for them violating your 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 place, violating well, your sanct your your sanctity. I so I, I like I said like the door to the apartment part of this place is wide open, and so there's one door separating the garage uh, from upstairs, and. Uh, Instead of going out on the deck, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go down the stairs. And at, at this point, I'm on the phone with the cops. And just to let you know, like, how fast this happened, I'm on the phone with dispatch for, like, 30 seconds, and I can hear sirens in the background. Hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I got to go downstairs and... uh I'm going to pound my feet on the way down the stairs and get these folks out of my garage. Um, and then I make, I don't even make it to my stairs, which is hard to do because it's such a small apartment. And I hear the unmistakable sound of my door, my vehicle door opening and closing and my vehicle starting. Like everybody knows the sound of their truck. And, <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. Yeah, you're like, how could that be? Because I'm up here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah. And then I was just like, oh, ah, you lost this round. <laughs> yeah. Yanni, would you have would you have gone in there guns ablazing, Yanni? Well, I was just thinking maybe a couple warning shots, maybe shot the tires out, you know, as they were pulling away. No, I'm kidding. Um Warning shots in the middle of town probably aren't a good idea either. So no, I wouldn't have gone in there guns a blazing. Um, I mean, what, you're gonna sh- you're gonna murder some guys because they stole a uh, chainsaw in your passport. Yeah. Uh, so oh, here's <laughs> here's the thing. Like when I came down Sunday morning, uh, it I wouldn't s- be it wouldn't be murder. Not that I slept at all, but Sunday I'm down in the garage, like really taking stock of what is gone. And they have two of my other bags, like chocked full of stuff that they didn't make it out the door with. Um, so I'm going through that and seeing what, what they grabbed. Um, and they grabbed uh, a thing of rubber bands, uh, an old set of first light suspenders, uh couple of headlamps one of which does not work anymore you know things that i had intended to return to the manufacturer for warranty purposes um a sawzall that is pushing 20 years old that i literally dug out of a dumpster in ketchum uh a dewalt drill with batteries that don't hold the charge anymore that i had finally been like I'm going to call those guys from Milwaukee and see if I can't get a discount on a new drill. And all I could think is had I stood out on my deck and shot one of those dudes. And like I'm saying, I know for a fact, like I would have stepped out there and been staring at those guys eight feet on the angle. Yeah, but you could have. I mean, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of gray area between doing nothing and and shooting at someone. You could have said, you know, uh, maybe like uh, stick them up. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? That might have come to my mind. 
had I uh, shot one of those dudes? And the cop's like, okay, yep, clear, you know, self-defense, got it, you know, castle doctor and all that stuff. Oh, but then you'd get to read about him online and you'd find out about his mom and, ugh. Yeah, and by the way, here's your uh, uh, Sawzall that you dug out of a dumpster and that uh, <laughs> and circular LT. saw uh, that uh, you got for 20 bucks at a pawn shop and, uh, you know, uh, your, your drill LT. that doesn't work. Here's that drill that doesn't work. Here's your elk tea, you know. Um, oh, yeah, officer, I may have fibbed a little bit. That wasn't an authentic Indian arrowhead. That's a reproduction, you know, like. Uh, I understand, man. I understand all that. But I also know that, um, I, you know, I don't think that these individuals had any. It's not like you're dealing with children who don't understand right from wrong. You're dealing with people who've made a conscious decision to steal your stuff and and then potentially put you in in at risk. Oh, I know, I know, and it had that. That's why I was kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place because, um. I like, I was like, you know, somebody starts coming up the stairs to my apartment. It's going to be a a very, very different story very quick. Um, but you know, that, that didn't happen. And the other thing is like, when I heard them start moving out of the garage is when I was like, shit, I got to get down there. Little did I know that they had the keys to my truck and they were jumping in my truck at the time. Um, but when I had, I, at that point, you know, I'm on the phone with the cops and I actually had like a little more reassurance that they're in probably the only extended cab, eight foot bed tundra in the state of Montana during quarantine at two forty-five AM. I'm like, if they stay in that truck. These guys are going to get caught. You know, so, and I was like, do I drop my phone and so I can run out of here in my bare feet and chase my truck on foot? Like, what are the better odds? You know, I mean, I'm sure we'll get a gajillion people telling me exactly what I should have done, but yeah, that's what more, I did. You're, you're more mature than I am, um, I think, because when I've had stuff stolen, I just fixate on, I, I fixate for a long time on the vengeance and I and I allow these elaborate vengeance scenarios to play out in my oh, mind. Dude, you've been in my place. I have hatchets and and hand forged hammers and all sorts of stuff laying on every surface upstairs. It's all for vengeance. I, I haven't haven't been sleeping since this happened because all I'm thinking about is like, would love to take that hammer and find that guy. Yeah, how uh, that turkey stock? How'd that wind up turning out? Oh, beautiful. Nice and clear, not cloudy. So I'd, I'd purposely, because I, I always feel like wild game stock can, you have to reduce it so much to get like a rich stock. Mm-hmm. Um, I purposely only strain the turkey stock, like with a rough strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like uh, when you're unfiltered IPAs there. A hazy IPA there, Yanni. Um, so it, 
it's you speak it's it, you speak it really language pretty. now. But it's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's it's a little bit cloudier than than you would think. But I did that on purpose to see how that runs. But can you know, it, it, it it works to decant it now and then to get it clarified. And then there's another trick they do, which is. Uh, Hold on a second. I told you someone would be crying. Hold on. Matt, what are you crying about? Where was I? Oh, clarifying stock. Yep. Yeah, you can... To clarify that stuff, you can decant it. Like, just let it settle and then pour off the top. But there's this other thing I've done. It's an old-timey method. Is um, You'd use, like, like egg. Crack an egg in there to clarify it. I don't even, I don't even remember the details, but I remember doing it. I have so my next step is uh I got I I've been hoarding tongues like you wouldn't believe. I got all sorts of tongues in every freezer. Um and I'm gonna do a couple of big corning batches of tongue. Yep. And I have this old timey uh you know preserving book here in the garage miraculously didn't get stolen. Um that uh, I'm gonna. They, they they probably discussed it. <laughs> exactly. They're like, I don't know, man. What, what do you guys think? Uh, Old timey preserving book. Should we grab it? Yeah. No. Um. Don't want that new shotgun in the box. We'd have to put it together. Nobody wants to deal with that. Um. Yeah. So the, I guess that's the next deal. So I. I've, I I don't know. I I think. The turkey stock, leaving it a little little cloudy, I think is going to work out good. And then I got, uh, I did a giant batch of uh, all my elk bones and a couple of mule deer bones that I had in the freezer. Uh, that uh, as soon as we're done, I'll run through the strainer and and can that today too. Well, that's good that you're staying. Uh, you're you're being uh, you're staying active over there. Uh, I'd like to quickly, can I quickly add about the clarifying stock? Of course. Yeah. Well, the egg thing is you, you, you just add in some, beat some egg whites and mix it in there and then let it cook together. Yeah. I remember doing that and it like it binds in the, 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 the impurities like bind up in the albumin or something. Yeah. Basically when it, when you then let it settle and you take it off the heat. It, like you're saying, the, the the stiffened egg whites or what's called the egg raft um, will soak or grab that um, stuff, and you just basically take that out um, and still run it through a you know a sieve with a uh, damp cheesecloth. But I was going to also say that I always felt like that the one of the number one rules for preventing cloudy stock. Is that you're sp- you need to be careful about uh, not ripping oh, the stock yeah. too hard while you're cooking it. Yeah, it just gets everything um, agitated and stirs it all up. Yeah, you just got to slow and low. But you know, I used to I used to judge a man's stock by its clarity or cloudiness. 
But then I realized it just doesn't matter, man. It's, I think it's aesthetics. Maybe someone will counter that and tell me it's not aesthetics. I think it's just aesthetics. Um, because mm, it is gorgeous, man. I mean, it is. I gorgeous. bet you there's a bitterness that comes with the uh, cloudiness. Really? Uh, I, I, I'm, I want to. I, I'd like to explore this, but I, I, I wound up not putting a whole lot of attention into it. I thought it just as looks. When people used to make gelatin and stuff, you want it to be nice and clear, not cloudy. Uh, in terms of cow, in, in terms of COVID nineteen and cow getting robbed and cow not taking any cracks at the burglars with his pistol. It it has been interesting for me to see, um, well, one, this reaches across all, you know, all aspects of our American existence. And what we're going to talk about a handful of ways in which, like in the, the, the outdoors world, the world we deal in, uh, there's impacts from COVID-19, but we're going to explore some of this, but the implications of the pandemic, I mean, touch every aspect of, of American life. Um, and that certainly isn't limited to America every for, for, you know, every aspect of global life. Um, and it is felt in a lot of ways, even just in the world in which the, the world that we deal with here on the show around the outdoors that we're going to talk about some of the, a, a little bit of that coming up here. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times, I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance, and man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money. And provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. 
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And thinking about Cal getting robbed and whether or not you go out and take a crack at the guy. Um, it, it, it's like, it illustrates some kind of like interesting aspects of uh, our own psychology and the psychology of others around how you imagine a situation like this playing out. And that so many people, especially people that I view as being like peers of mine and, and like-minded individuals sort of immediately go to this place of uh, go to this kind of last man standing mentality where you're going to get armed up um, in order to, uh, I don't know what, um, repel your neighbors if they come for food. Like, like I don't really know. And I feel it. Like, and I understand it. You want to have this sense of that you want to hunker in and stockpile and defend but i also wish that there was more of a knee-jerk reaction toward just going toward being um getting prepared to be supportive of your neighbors and community i need to prepare to support my neighbors and community i mean a lot of people feel that way but it's also there's also this pull that makes you want to get really insular man um you know, to get maybe you're supportive of your neighbors and community and family, of course, always your family, but then you have in your mind too, that there's like this last ditch thing, you know, and that you'll have plenty of food, you'll have water, you'll be able to defend your home. Um, if that structure that you're trying to simultaneously, simultaneously be supportive of were to collapse. It all is jumbled around in my head right now. Um, it's not fun. It's not a fun thing to think about. No, it's it's weird. And I've done, you know, like, so I'm, I'm yeah, it, it is. It's jumbled around my head, right? Because I'm like, boy, all of my meat is in the freezer. So, you know, I, I went over and stole your big ass Weston dehydrator. Yeah, haven't, haven't returned it. No, uh, may not. That thing rips. 
you can do some cool stuff with that thing. Um, but I took an unbelievable amount of meat and reduced it to about eight pounds of shelf stable meat. Yeah. Um, do you got a generator over there? No, I don't. Yeah, but, see, I got a generator for my freezer, but my stockpile of gas, I need to start stockpiling fuel. You, which you can, right? It's like, unless it's a diesel, it's like, that's just the, fuel, yeah. the shelf stability of fuel. So, so bad. Unless you get a bunch of those steel uh, shelf stable fuel deals where they, they put uh, the Freon or something on top yep. of it. No, I yeah. buy, I buy uh, ethanol free gas and stabilize it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, I've been canning some stuff and then I, I have given away probably 200 pounds of meat since, since the quarantining talk started, you know, and my buddies 200 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Weighed on that, uh, hanging scale. How big uh, are your, fr- how many freezers do you have and how big are they? Well, you got and how many pounds do you have total? You got that big one right there. And just in sausage meat that I ground up and mixed at Steve's house, there's 80 pounds of grind in there. Yeah, I did a batch of grind the other day that was 40 pounds, man. And that was like, not a lot. Yeah, so, um, and then there's a little chest freezer next to that one. Mm-hmm. And then I got my freezer upstairs too so um freezer attached to your fridge yeah and so there's there's a third of an elk in there um almost done eating through my 2017 mule deer and um some coos deer and and uh getting getting through the last of the fish right now too so yeah i mean i I just i gave away a a ton of meat um so you're playing and, both sides. You're trying to do. You're doing prepper stuff where you're making jerky and candy, yeah. but you're also doing community oriented stuff where you're helping people out. Yeah, and like the canning and the jerky making are all things where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get to that one of these days. And so here's kind of a good excuse. Um, but the reality is, is like for me, if all this stuff went belly up if I wasn't such an invested friend to my friends, I could grab my backpack and be just fine. Like I'm going to be able to get clean water. I'm going to be able to get food. I'm going to be able to have shelter and, 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 and be just fine, you know? So I guess I'm I'm probably not, uh, in the same mindset of somebody who's like right here, this particular spot, if all this infrastructure that we rely on goes down, I got to stick it out right here. Right here's yeah, the last place be, I'm going to be. <laughs> you'd be more mobility mobility oriented. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's stunning. So at the at, at our website themeateater.com, we have up a we have up a tracker. It's updated constantly, right, Cal? Yep. Yeah. We have up a, a, a tracker on our website where you can go to follow and understand state-by-state state rules and regulations and closures that will impact uh, hunting and fishing-type folks and outdoor recreation-type folks. 
and it's getting to be like a really um it's getting to be a really complicated atmosphere out there in our own state that we have a we're under right now our governor has well i'm under two things so today is the last day of my 14 day international travel quarantine so i was down on family trip in baja and things really kind of went to shit while out there 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 was like the whiff of going to shit was in the air when we left I think if it was 12 hours later, we probably wouldn't have gone. We got down to Baja just in time to have this feeling of like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, the day before we got home, our governor had uh, put out a thing that, uh, I don't know what they call it, the mandate, whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? That anyone returning directive, a directive. That's correct. Thank you, Giannis. A directive that anyone returning from international travel, um, do us do a fourteen day quarantine. So we've been very strict about it, and I haven't. Um, I haven't. Besides my home, I haven't walked into. It's it's kind of funny. Besides my home, I haven't walked into a structure. Not even a gas station for two weeks today um i left the airport when i landed in town and and i've just i've been outside or in my home but again outside has been really important it's a kind of a somewhat lame time of year for some people might view it as a lame time of year for outdoor activities but just to keep out there and keep at it we've been out um trapping beavers and doing stuff we're gonna fish this weekend and there's and then before my 14 day quarantine ended, there's another directive of a stay at home directive for the entire state. And there's a lot of exceptions for the stay at home directive. And one of those exceptions is outdoor activity. And you'll find even places where people in some States are being encouraged to do outdoor activity, but also being encouraged to practice social distancing during outdoor activities. So I was trying to determine what that meant for me specifically. And I made some phone calls and read the, and just read the actual directive. Um, and yeah, you can, uh, you know, you can travel to do outdoor activities on public lands here. That's not the case everywhere. Uh, one interesting thing we've heard from a guy. So for instance, we got a guy in Maryland. He said that he wrote in and was talking about that just by listening to this show, he got very interested in, in learning how to hunt. So he went out and bought a gun, but calls binos turkey decoys boots all getting geared up to hunt turkeys this spring did all his scouting got some private land permissions did his hunter ed and all he had to do to seal the deal was do his hunter ed field day got his online coursework done but then the state canceled all field days so this guy's sitting in this situation where uh, he's all ready. He's geared up to go. He did his hunter's ed, but he can't fulfill his field day. So his spring turkey season is now off. My buddy, Tony Calagrassi in Washington State, was fishing on the Queets River in Olympic National Park. And he was having a good day and getting some steelhead. 
And all of a sudden, he's got a park ranger yelling at him in a friendly way that the governor has just declared that uh, recreational fishing is done in that whole state. And Tony was actually escorted out of the park so that they could gate a certain area of the park. Him and his dog were escorted off. And now in Washington, you cannot fish. And this strikes me as weird because if you lived on a private lake, let's say you live on a lake, you can walk down and hit golf balls out into the lake, but you can't cast a fishing pole out into the lake. So rather than putting some parameters around what kinds of fishing, what places, what group size, whatever, it's just you cannot fish. It'd be like saying no touching. Like not only that you close the golf courses, which I'm sure they've done, but you would also have a directive that says no one can touch their golf club and swing it. Yeah, it's interesting how uh, the stark contrast between that and then a lot of the how the a lot of other states have changed their uh, fishing regs recently, um, almost completely 180 degrees in the other direction. And I'm guessing it's oh, maybe it's because Washington is such a hotbed of COVID, and so that's why they're just shutting it all down and telling people to stay inside. Yeah, like Seattle um, being one of the main, you know, the initial explosion point for the virus and then remaining like a real hot spot. Yeah. Yeah, Maine and Missouri. And Pennsylvania? There's a couple. Did uh, what? Yeah. Well, they, they've all uh, suspended all fishing license requirements uh, right now, and, and a couple other states have opened fishing seasons a week early to encourage people to go outside and fish and, uh, and, you know, saying that it's, you know, good for your health. And so that no one has to probably one, go and get fishing licenses and go in and out of, you know, stores, gas stations, whatever, and have human contact. And that that way that, you know, no wardens have to have human contact. Everybody can basically just go fish without a license. Um, what what very, states, what states is that happening in? Um, Definitely Missouri, uh, Connecticut, Maine opened fishing on lakes one week earlier on all, all lakes, rivers, and streams earlier. Opened it Uh, a week earlier. Yeah. And they're not the only ones. Uh, Wisconsin currently waiving all fees for state parks and trails. Um, Maine, yeah, their inland fishing season was set to open, uh, or no, it usually opens April 1, but they opened it March 13th for the same reason, just to get let people to get out there. Uh, Pennsylvania, trout openers now April 18th, and that's across the whole state. There's not, I guess, normal years. They have different days for different parts of the state when the opener is, um, and now it's just wide open. Uh, it, it, yeah, I it think fuels, that about covers it. It fuels this, this sort of suspicion or conspiracy theory. I almost hesitate to say this because I don't want to traffic in misinformation, and I know this isn't the case, but, I'll say, but I've had friends in Washington who have expressed to me in being baffled by the severity of the directive 
have expressed to me this sense that they feel that their state um, has a, uh, they feel as though it has a sort of uneasy relationship with its hunters and anglers anyways. And it sort of feels, fuels this little bit of paranoia that it's not a supportive, um, you know, that it's not supportive in some way. But again, I shouldn't say that because I don't know the full story there, but it does feel really uh, like there's a sort of a lack of nuance in how it's being pushed forward. I know that yesterday in Michigan, for instance, um, they've been seeing with so many people home from work and school, they've been seeing an explosion in visitation at certain fishing access sites and recreation areas. To the point that they have taken to closing some because people are going to these fishing spots. Like I met like one like Tippy Dam where we used to fish steelhead and walleye going to some of these fishing spots um, and not able to practice responsible social distancing at the fishing spots. And they've had to close it down because people are too crowded. I was talking to a, a, a firefighter here in our own town and they closed one of the local ski hills. But you could still go there, you know, the, the, the oftentimes ski hills are on public land, they're on national forest land. So in the summertime, you can go wander around up there. Uh, they closed the lifts, like closed the lodge, vending services, all that, and shut it down. But you could still just go up there and sled or ski on the hill. And they had put around some like guidelines about how to handle this and that you'd go up and like skin up, ski down, don't linger. And that somehow turned into 150 people having a party on the balcony of the lodge. And so then they're forced to come in and consider uh, how much are people able to just be smart and how much do you need to come in and institute a nanny state because people are have a hard time understanding sort of the spirit of what's trying to be accomplished. Nebraska suspended new sales of non-resident turkey licenses. So if you already hold a spring turkey license in Nebraska and you're a non-resident, you can go hunt. But I believe as of yesterday or the day before, so uh, as of like March 31 or 30 or something in there, they weren't selling any more non-resident turkey licenses. Uh, Washington shut down resident and non-resident uh canceled some of the early bear hunts is that correct that's correct Correct. yeah what are some other examples you got you guys are seeing here um well i just a buddy of mine uh who's one of the very accomplished awesome anglers at the bighorn angler down there in fort smith montana just uh took a picture of some concrete barricades at montana fish, wildlife, and parks, boat ramps there on the, on the bighorn. No. Seriously. As we, as we're talking. Um, so I imagine we're going to hear some news on that here pretty quick. The, here's the, here's the thing that's been irking me. And it came to light again yesterday when I was looking at the Nebraska executive order. Um, and everybody who's listening to this, follow the link and read the actual executive orders for all of this stuff. 
because it is just too easy to sensationalize these orders uh, in whatever media. Um, there's a lot of passion involved. But the in the list of executive orders for the state of Nebraska, there is also an executive order to allow drive-up mixed drinks and how we can determine the drive-up mixed drinks is a stronger benefit to the health of the population of Nebraska than running around hunting turkeys. I mean, we're talking about non-residents, right? But it's like, if we're going to lay this thing on health, let's get real healthy. And I apologize to the business owners on this. I used to sling a lot of drinks down at Red's Bar in Missoula, Montana. I believe they're doing mixed drink cocktails to go now too. So, yeah. So, so if you go to our website, they got you'll find a banner. This COVID nineteen changes the hunting and fishing regulations, and it's kind of like it's it's amazing to look at what the sort of I'd love to understand it better. The different approaches. Uh, uh, yeah, New Jersey. Like, did we talk about New Jersey's trout season ahead yeah. of schedule? Like in in Wyoming, if you want to register your ba- uh, bear a black bear baiting site, uh, y- you're supposed to be able to go in tomorrow and start registering it. And you you normally would go into an office, fishing game office, to register your bait site. They're trying to work out a way to some new procedures that they'll they'll delay by two weeks. Some new procedures where you can register your sites online and not have to come into an office. Yeah. I believe the state of Idaho, um, you know, same deal. You gotta, you gotta have a permit for your bait. Um, they had it set up. I feel like earlier this week or end of last week where it was, you had to set an appointment, um, to come in and, and do that. I I would assume they're going to switch to online. Um, you know, the I, the point, like, I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of this, but I don't think any angler outdoors person can have the mindset that this isn't going to happen because it's it hasn't happened yet. Uh, just like we self-police for poachers pretty darn well and people who throw trash out. Like, we got we to gotta self-police for social distancing and if that means going to the next fishing access site down the road because the one that you want to go to is too too crowded you better move on down the road because you know it's these examples these bad examples that are setting the precedent for the entire state um it's a it's a tough i mean it's a really tough spot for our community because you have um people who just by fact of what they're engaged in, just people who like don't do well being cooped up and confined. And when you look at being outdoors as this place where you can kind of find some space for yourself, right? And just get away from it all. And then people start pointing out ways in which um, it's not safe because of the overcrowding it just gets like it gets intimidating, and you you want to be a good player, right? And and be supportive. And like I said, we got had a quarantine, a travel quarantine, um, 
and, and have just stuck our immediate family has spent the last two weeks engaging with no one besides me and my wife and our three kids. So you're a good player, but then you look at some of this stuff and it winds up being, uh, yeah, it winds. There's there's aspects of this that drive at home for everybody, and there's a there's a risk here of sounding callous. Uh, there's a, immense amounts of suffering happening. Um, people are dying. People are losing family members, and I'm not losing sight of that. But as as we stated to pass around political conversations and otherwise, this we try to in this show stick to um, the ways in which world events. And, and political events and national events impact a like segment of our existence. And this segment of our existence we're talking about here is um, hunting and fishing and other outdoor activities. So that's why our focus is there rather than talking about, uh, you know, lack of ventilators that a state might be experiencing or overcrowding in hospitals. Like that stuff's real and that's what's going on. And that's the news you can get, but we're trying, you know, we have an admittedly limited focus. Um, South yeah, Carolina. The, oh, go ahead. Is it too early? I'm just saying like the tie-in for like conservation minded folks is like, we're, we're dealing with people on a population level, not you as a individual. And it's going to be yeah. <clears throat> unfair for all of us at certain times because we're what's happening, whether you want to believe it or not, in some cases is we're, we're talking about people as a, <laughs> as one giant entity, not you as an individual who, um, you know, has all your turkey hunting stuff ready to go. And, um, your governor says you can't go turkey hunting. You know, it's, it sucks. I hate it, but man, you got to find some, some ways, some positive ways to focus that energy. Yeah. I had been personally, I had been, for nine months planning a trip up to an area called the high line, which is some of the lowest human population densities that can be found in the lower 48. Uh, and just kind of a couple days ago, realized it wasn't going to happen, but officially pulled the plug on it this morning. And I, you know, I could load my truck up and my camping gear up and my kids up here with food that we already have in the house, grab a box of latex gloves and do nothing but pump gas with a latex glove on and be up there camping. But just something about the fact that it's a four or five hour drive made it feel like I was sort of, uh, not within the spirit of that. I was not within the spirit of what it is we're trying to accomplish here. I think you're spot on. But then you can think about it. It's like, I will have interaction with no one. I'll buy a tank of gas. I'll drive Yeah, you'll up put there. the effort into having interaction with no one as well. Oh, but I think, no, right? I think, I think the reason not to do that though, is that, uh, you know, as limited as the risk is, and the, the risk might be higher that you, someone's going to get hurt, just throwing snowballs at each other, uh, at your house or get cut with a knife. But just getting on the road and traveling that far away from your house and getting away from your community, like you're just sort of opening your, yourself up to a little bit more unknown, and that unknown could turn into something bad, and then 
you know, you could be stressing the, the system that we're trying not to stress right now. Yeah, no, I got it. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Man, I'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in Wisconsin. Now, last year at youth turkey season, it rained and snowed the whole time. This year at youth turkey season, it was in the 70s and even up to 80. So me and my kids are pouring it to it. And after a while, I realized they didn't drink anything all day and they haven't drank anything all day. Well, that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you, encourage you to get hydrated. Doesn't matter. Outdoor events, turkey hunting, playing sports, beach days, mountain adventures. Summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code MEATEATER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code MEATEATER at liquidiv.com.
South Carolina, um, all the lottery hunts on the WMAs have been canceled. North Carolina, some state parks, and then boat launches and game lands on some state parks close to public access. National parks are shutting down. Arches and Canyonland National Parks closed until further notice. Glacier National Park closed until further notice. You know, this makes me think of as something that a really interesting experience that happened to me and my brother years ago is we had a horrible fire season. This is 20 years ago, maybe. We had this horrible fire season, and there were huge areas of big areas of national forest that had been shut down and you, you couldn't get into them and they had been closed for in some cases they've been closed for upwards of a month weeks or a month and the closures on these national forests extended into archery elk season and we were actually heard some rumors that they might be removing some of the barriers and open some of these things back up and we'd sort of driven down to hunt on spec based on rumors we heard and we were driving up a we were driving up a access road to a chunk of national forest and actually shot the shit with the the uh forest ranger who's taken down the barricade like we're the first truck through as he's opening up this thing that's been open forever and i'm not i'm not joking man this is a place we had hunted pretty heavily. I'm not joking. We got to the, there's a big meadow at the trailhead. There's a big meadow there where um, guys will like when they guys will put up hot wire lines to corral their horses and stuff when they're packing in. There's elk in the trailhead. Right. <laughs> so you imagine the impact of like, uh, you know, Glacier National Park being closed and um, you imagine the impact of some of these stretches of river and stuff that just like wouldn't get hit. And maybe these are places that just get fished 365 days a year. Right. And, uh, what that's going to look like later. If all of a sudden it, let's say it's stuff stays closed, what, what it would be to have it closed for a month and then get back in there. Um, down the line, just like some more interesting stuff. Is it, uh, yeah, West Virginia. Suspended fishing license. Blows my mind. Fishing open to the public with or without license. You still got to follow bag limits. Michigan suspends all charter fishing and guide operations. At least until April 13th. I got a buddy here who's a guide uh, not close here, here in Montana, and he's uh, all of his trips are canceled. He's scraping up odd jobs, painting houses, doing yard work for people right now. Just immediately felt the crush. Oh, yeah, man. In, in Oregon, as of midnight, Columbia River closed to all salmon and steelhead fishing. They did it to maintain solidarity with the state of Washington as two states shared this fishery. So you picture there, right? You can't fish in uh, Washington, but you just go over the bridge, whatever buy an Oregon license and start fishing the same river. Maine's closing state parks, certain state parks. 
Washington, you can't pick clams either, so they're not just picking on rod and reel fishermen. Yellowstone closed. Grand Teton National Park closed. Missouri suspended all fishing license requirements. (laughs) So Missouri is pretty funny. The fine print says you have to be in good standing with the Missouri Department of Conservation. As in, if you have a previously revoked fishing license. That's great. You can't you can't legally fish even when nobody has a fishing license. So if your privileges uh, are suspended, you're like, that's really interesting. I love it when people think of their good stuff where some guy's like, yeah, but what about people who aren't supposed to buy a license? Can they fish? And someone's like, yeah, good catch. Let's write that in. <laughs> Can you imagine being the conservation officer trying to track those folks down? Yeah, Come you on. see some dude that you know is like, it's like, dude, you can't fish. He's like, what? There's no license requirement right now. I know I can't buy a license, but I don't need it right now. <laughs> Wisconsin. Here's interesting. Wisconsin waives all fees for state parks and trails. Though the state is under a shelter-in-place order, the order recognizes outdoor activity is essential. So, come one, come all. No fees at state parks. Florida, all state parks are closed. (laughs) Oregon, all state parks closed. So I wonder if, I'm sure this has to play in somehow. It's like the impact of people on those individual park systems, right? It's like, We've all seen, a gaj- I haven't been in Yellowstone in years, but so many pictures and so many stories out of Yellowstone, and people are so packed in around everything and wildlife spottings and bear jams and all that stuff. Um, and maybe some of these state parks, like they just don't have that many visitors or don't have a density of visitors in some of these areas. And that's why they, they get to stay open. The, um, well, you know, like Florida, that's a crowded ass place with a lot of boats. You know how Florida, like we were talking earlier that Washington says, okay, no fishing. In Florida, the governor issued an executive order requiring all recreational boats to remain at least 50 feet apart. Wow. So there you're sort of, you're, you're in that case, you're sort of trying to work with people, but you're also putting... um you're also giving people a lot of room to to screw up or not. You're treating people like grown-ups. And they don't always do well. They don't. I mean, when they get treated the, like grown-ups. Back Unfortunately, to the parks. but I but I love it's a great I love it. I mean, if it works, it's like a, it it's it, you know, it, it's it's opening up it's opening up to give people some uh, room to still operate and 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 try to find some mental health um, while still following through on the objectives of the state to keep people apart. Yeah, it man, it's it's just so. Like, I, I, you know, working outside Glacier National Park for a long time, the the park is there 
and it's beautiful and awesome, but you get to see firsthand how reliant people are on the services provided by the National Park Service or provided by the vendors approved by the National Park Service. G- give me an and example there. What, what you mean? Trash cans. Okay. Like you're staring at this unbelievable mountain range up on McDonald Pass going to the Sun Road and it is absolutely breathtaking gorgeous and there's mountain goats and stuff like that and then you drop your gaze a little bit and instead of people seeing a very full trash can and being like oh I better do something else responsible with my trash my refuse like hang on to it a little bit longer until we find an empty trash can uh, down the road, maybe, or down the the sidewalk, they just chuck it there next to the gas can or gas or sorry, to the trash can or pile it up on top and the wind blows it and takes it away. And it's like, I, I just see like people are so reliant on those services, clean bathrooms, you know, all this infrastructure that has to be manned by people. And we get to this spot where it's like, okay, well, why do these, uh, these folks have to be, you know, potentially in harm's way, um, to provide those services that we know people expect when they go to a national park and a lot of state parks and a lot of fishing access sites. Um, and so I, I do wonder if there's some park superintendents that are weighing in on this to the, governor and they're like you know we we don't have problems with people here so we'd like to remain open i wonder if they're making a decision or if it's like you know we are so understaffed and so under budget under the best of circumstances here because the crowds that show up behave like such pigs that uh we'd prefer to close it's funny you mentioned the garbage thing because, like, in raising kids, we try really hard to make them aware of that kind of thing. You know, like how you handle your personal refuse, and that when we eat in a restaurant, we make them get down on the ground and clean up and to police their area around their plane seat before they get off the plane and not just be that, ah, oh, someone will get it. Like, I make them get down and crawl around under the table at restaurants. I their, love that. <laughs> picking their mess up, dude. Because if you don't pound it into them now, they'll, it's like they'll never get it. It's so funny you bring that up, like the overflowed trash can. And people are like, I can't just throw it on the ground. I'll set it on there, and my piece of trash will displace some other piece of trash that will land on the ground. But no one can say I didn't try <laughs> Yeah, about it. I, I, oh, man, I'm, I'm probably just complaining for the sake of complaining, lamenting. Uh, but man, I've been thinking about that a lot for some reason. Like, I mean, are we bringing some of these closures upon ourselves because as a group, we have been behaving so poorly in some of these places? Hey, did we hit that? Uh, yeah, we already hit New Jersey. 10 days ahead of schedule trout season. Trout are going to be feeling the pressure. (laughs) Uh, Cal, tell everybody about 
Well, first of all, let me, let me start with this. Um, oh, you know what I want to tell you guys about real quick? A little update, non-COVID update, is uh, after 11 months of waiting, 11 months of incubation, I got my suppressors, my oh, silencers. Yeah. So I had two silencers, suppressors. It's funny because everybody used to call them silencers, but it's like, you know how you have the death tax and the estate tax and it's the same thing and the word you use depends on your viewpoint about said tax uh if you support the tax you're like let's call it an estate tax because that makes it seem like you're just hitting rich people and that's cool and then dudes with enough assets that they're going to be hit by such a tax called a death tax because that makes it seem like well dude you can't tax a man upon his death that's not fair so you use different words to sell your viewpoint. <laughs> what had historically been silencers, um, which is a miss, I'll, I'll admit, is a misnomer. Um, silencer doesn't make your gun silenced. Uh, it suppresses the sound. And you still have the sonic crack. You know, if you're using most, most ammunition, it's faster than the speed of sound. And so you still have a sonic crack, a loud noise. But either way, suppressors, that's what you're supposed to call them. A year ago, I got two suppressors, a 22 caliber in the parlance, uh, you'd say a can. I got a 22 caliber can and a 30 cal can. Um, but you can't bring them home with you. Like you can go down to the to the you can go down to the sporting store. You can go to Walmart, right, and buy a rifle and take it home with you. But if you want a device to make it not so damn loud, you have to get a special AT, ATF permit for it. Um, and you, you go down to like a FFL and they receive your cans, they receive your suppressors. And then you fill out all these forms and you send it off. And apparently, I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it is. The, the story goes that the ATF is so backlogged in suppressor forms that it's taking them that long to do their end of the deal and get your form back. So I dropped off my two suppressors and waited 11 months. Then all of a sudden I get a call from the sporting goods store that I can come down and take possession of my suppressors. People, there's a lot of countries in Europe where it's super hard to get a gun, but you can go down to the equivalent of your local Walmart and buy yourself a suppressor. So it's just like, they can't believe, some people can't believe that, that in America, they're like, I can't believe you can hunt with one of those. And then I remember talking to a guy in Scotland and him saying to me, I can't believe you can hunt without a suppressor. So I haven't done any hunt with mine yet, but I now am the proud owner of two suppressors, which Yanni in your situation of gunshots downtown when trying to scare off looters or trying to scare off burglars, you could have had a, uh, probably a much more intimidating sound. Were they aware that you were up there with a suppressor shooting warning shots? That'd scare me more. I'd be more scared. Because I'd have a different vision of who it was that was wielding the firearm. <laughs> I'd be more like, huh, this isn't going to work out well for me. I can't wait till the day that we can just, when you buy a rifle, you can just buy the suppressor with it. I'm going to have it on all of my guns. It's funny because let's say guns, like the people that resist it, like, and I understand the arguments against it. There's an argument against it that it makes the, that, you could commit a crime 
without that loud, as loud of that telltale crack, right? And, and burglars, murderers, what have you, are going to be like less inclined to shoot because the gun's damn loud. It'll alert people to the right. That's a reasonable argument. Then there's the yeah. re- reasonable argument that poachers will be emboldened because there's not that telltale gunshot off in the you know off in the night that a game warden might hear. And in fact, we were talking to a game warden down in game warden in Missouri one time, and he was saying he personally didn't like suppressors because he gets a lot of work done based off you know toward dusk. There's that one rifle shot off in the distance, and he's like, huh. Something about that seems fishy, and he heads over there to investigate. And he was saying, without the report, um, he feels that his ability to do his job would be compromised. So there are those arguments, but I wonder. Let's say that for whatever reason, guns just weren't loud, right? That somehow the mechanics of a of a gun going off wasn't loud. Would there mm-hmm. be people pushing for regulations? that you need to put a thing on your gun to make it louder? No. Probably not. So the fact that someone might want their gun to not be so loud seems reasonable. If we could achieve it with different powders, if somehow some scientist developed a gunpowder uh, that just, for whatever reason, I don't understand the mechanics of it, made it so it just didn't so damn loud when it went off, and people started using it, would they be bummed out? Would they say, no, 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 no. You got to stick with the super noisy gunpowder. It's no. interesting. Uh, it's like we a already good game do that of- when they're like, uh, hey, I noticed that when you shoot your musket, there's not a blinding cloud of smoke. <laughs> uh, uh, what you got there? <laughs> yeah, well, that's called smokeless you- powder. And then some regulator would be like, you know, I want you guys to go back to the real smoky kind. <laughs> I liked it better when you couldn't see shit after you shot. <laughs> uh, I had a fella write in the other day who was kind of getting spicy with me because he was wondering why I hadn't brought up, talked about the the fact that uh, everybody should have suppressors and stuff on your, like that. On your, on your conservation show? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, How? I don't have one. I don't even apply for big game tags that set me up for that much disappointment of waiting for 11 months. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm like, when it becomes easier, I'll have one. But right now I'm like, I just got, I don't like uh, filling out forms that set me up for a lot of waiting. So, Oh, to be honest with you, I did it as much as just because I wanted to explore the process as anything else. It was a learning experience. Oh, the, yeah, man, because you hear so much complaining. I mean, I'm here like I haven't even tried because I've talked to so many people that have complained so much about it. I'm like, man, that doesn't seem like it's worth my time. So there's this ill, there, there's an ill-fated bill out there called the Hearing Protection Act. Uh, and that's like a name for an act where you'd be like, well, who the hell could argue against that? But it would be um, it would remove a lot of the red tape and. And uh, it would remove a lot of the red tape around suppressors. Uh, Another thing I want to touch on, everyone knows that me and Giannis are running for president, which is going pretty well. Um, Renella Patel is 2020. And when we launched our campaign, there's the issue of where we stand on campaign finance reform. And we had always said that, you know, our 
campaign finances were reformed. Because you know how you can go and buy a MAGA hat? You can buy a Make America Great Again hat. I saw recently that you could enter a drawing to win a MAGA hat signed by President Trump, right? And they sell the MAGA hats, um, and it raises money for Trump's reelection bid. I don't know if you can buy a Biden hat. I haven't seen anybody running around. <laughs> I haven't seen one guy yet wearing a Biden hat. But let's just let's just assume maybe you can buy yourself a Biden hat. Um, it, what that money does is it goes to support the campaign. But Renella Patel's twenty twenty is different because when you buy our stickers, hats, t shirts, yard signs, what have you, we take all the profits from those sales and don't line, you know, don't use it to, to stock our own campaign coffers, but we use it to plow our profits into our land access initiative. And Cal, tell them all about it. All right. So the Renella Putellas 2020 campaign merchandise, any purchase of that merchandise, the profits from those sales will go into our land access initiative fund. That fund will be utilized when we can find that opportunity that fulfills the campaign promise, which is giving you, us, we all more or better access to hunting and fishing. So if you know of a property or a landowner or an area that could benefit from, let's say, an easement or a boat ramp or a trail or something that accomplishes this goal, then let us know. And you can do that uh, by going to uh, the Runella Putellas 2020 website and filling out a very simple form. Um, and... Uh, and and yeah, hopefully we can, we can keep this thing going. So that that's that's the program. But we're all really excited about it, and we've got a bunch of submissions um, already. What kind of submissions are coming in? Um, well, because of the design of the form, we have um, you know it's it's it gets to be pretty pointed. You know, we're we're asking for um, a pretty pretty good details of of the piece or pieces, uh, that, that folks are submitting. So, um, you can't just write in and say, boy, I'd really like to get to this place. And I can't right now. You have to write in and say, Hey, here's the name of this landowner. This is the, they would be amicable to talking about an easement or, this property is for sale or this property will be coming up for sale and it backs up to those types of situations. We need a hot lead is what you're saying. We really need a hot lead. Yeah. And because of the nature of this and what everybody else deals with too, is I can't really be like, well, this one particular property that's up for sale right now is just a real gem. And if we were to get hold of it, we'd provide access to 20,000 acres for the low, low price of, because I don't want some, uh, you know, real self-centered son of a gun to be oh, like, <laughs> to move in there and scoop you, <laughs> scoop all of us, Steve. 
scoop all of us. Yeah. Got it. So the way to support the land access initiative, go again, if you go to the, to the meat eater.com, the meat eater.com, all one word, uh, go there. In addition to COVID-19 changes, the hunting and fishing regulations, which includes park access and all that kind of stuff we've been talking about. You can go there and find our Brunella Putella's 2020 thing, support us better hunting and fishing for America sports campaign. Yeah, it's under, so, s- sorry for the interruption, Steve, but it's under the conservation tab. If you click on that, then, the, and, and then there's a drop down menu and the bottom, uh, option is land access initiative. And that'll take you to the page where you can, all your answers about what we're talking about will be answered. Sorry. All your questions will be answered. Yeah. Polling really well across the country. Um, better hunting and access or better hunting and fishing for America with our land access initiative. Uh, Oh, you know, one last thing I want to talk about, and and I just want to make sure Yanni's got a chance to chime in with, he's got a guy pointed out that all the talk we used to have about the Michigan hello, um, which is the practice and it's, it's a national practice of giving people the bird. I gave you guys one today when I signed on as a way of saying, what's up? You flip someone off. They were talking about this guy wrote in saying it's, um, that's a very, uh, zeitgeisty way to say hi. Because it eliminates, it eliminates contact. Oh. When you shake some, when you say hi by shaking someone's hand, you're exchanging a massive amount of germs. But when you give them the Michigan hello, there's no exchange of germs, and it's also it's a twofold message. You're saying hello, but there's also a little bit of a "don't come near me" mixed in. <laughs> so when you when I see you and I throw you the bird. I'm saying like, hello, keep your distance. Yeah, you're eliminating the the confusion of all those extra fingers in the air of a traditional high. Exactly. Or a wave. Yeah, so this guy was saying that the Michigan hello is really like a thing that we should all be paying attention to and using right now, and I've been up in my usage considerably. (laughs) Yanni, what else you got? Have you taught your kids about what the middle finger means? Yeah. Well, I didn't tell them like, they know that they're not supposed to do it. And then if one of them, they know you're not supposed to do it. They don't, I didn't like put it, I didn't verbalize it. They know it's right. an insult yeah. and they know to, to watch each other. And if they catch one another inadvertently with their middle finger out for whatever reason, like for whatever, they're holding their cup in such a way that makes their middle finger appear to be out. They will then tattletale on that person for putting their middle finger up. They feel that it's like, Regardless of intent, regardless of scenario, uh, keep your middle finger in line with its neighbors. Got it. Uh, sorry, what were you going to ask me? Just what if you got any final things? I miss you so damn bad, Giannis. This almost brings a tear to my eye, man. <laughs> this is the uh, longest we've. This is in many years. This is the most we've been apart. Oh. Yeah, has to um, be. has to be. Here's something that comes to mind, man. We have some uh, neighbors that simply just can't seem to live without uh, deliveries every day, and uh, I feel bad for the FedEx and UPS folks that have to uh, come to people's houses and and possibly come in contact with people for bullshit. 
that they probably don't need. Limit your buying. You don't need nothing right now. On a well, higher note, but 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 hold on, but let me let me counter that for a minute because um you might want to ask these people if they want to continue if they like having their job right now and that we want to continue some economic activity in this country. Um, and if we determine that there are certain ways in which there can be some economic engagement that minimizes risk. Um, sure. If, the, if it's I, I don't know, I don't know safe. that I want to tell the guy from FedEx or a guy from UPS that uh, it's too bad you're working. And that you should be like people that work in restaurants who have no income right now. Yeah, no, I just feel only I only feel bad for him if he's thinking like, man, I'm getting put into a situation I don't want to be in because of what's going on. Yeah, for sure. But on I, a I hope lighter- that, I, I hope that they have I hope that they have some uh, practices they do to, you know, they have some practices they're able to use to stay as safe as possible. Sure. And hopefully they're heeding them. Um, hopefully everybody's heeding them. Um, but uh, on a lighter note, you know, we did the other night. I don't know. Oh, it was from Butcher Box. I had like uh, maybe 40 chicken wings in my freezer. <laughs> that, uh, you know, because everybody's been finding these little gems in their freezers uh, during these times when everybody's got more time to go digging around. And I happen to have 40 chicken wings. My girls are six and eight, and they had they had no idea what a chicken wing was, and so <laughs> we I made barbecue sauce, I made teriyaki sauce, and then a classic just you know hot sauce and butter, you know spicy chicken wing. You made three and sauces the, just for your family. Well, the barbecue sauce was already in the in oh, the yeah, fridge, yeah. so yeah, that's but still, we that's still so, ambitious. That's ambitious. But, uh, man, I tell you, we had such a fun evening of uh, frying and eating chicken wings and talking through the whole chicken wing thing. And I had to tell them about how there's whole restaurants out there that we'll go to <laughs> when hopefully the world goes back to normal where all you can eat is chicken wings. And uh, they're really blown away. And we had a nice, fun <laughs> evening uh, with chicken wings. So uh, next time you go grocery shopping, see if you, Costco's probably got a giant bag of frozen wings you can get. Did you try yeah. to tackle buffalo wings? Buffalo? Did you throw buffalo that term wings. at them? No, no, I did not. I did not. I should have. If you've got kids, um, I think it's helpful right now to imagine how you're approaching this whole thing with them. We kind of went to a, two weeks ago, we had to go to a, um, information on a need to know basis with our kids because we started to feel that it was getting a little it was getting a little much and a little chaotic um i'm not one i'm not inclined to i don't like to sugarcoat stuff for my kids my kids understand um you know we talk very openly about sex and drugs and rock and roll you know as much as we can around home like we don't have a lot of we don't create a lot of blind spots for them, but uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying, we're trying to try to, you know, have this be not the, the least, not traumatic. Um, a lot of big changes and a lot of things going on, but we try to keep a pretty positive spin on it. And I think that one good way to, 
to help do that is just around evening meal time. We've been working, um, cooking together a lot. I had the kids last night make, uh, they did everything to make venison meatballs, you know, like from taking bread, putting the food processor, making the breadcrumbs. They, they did the whole process. So we've been doing a lot of that, just some good education there. And, uh, so I think if you got kids, try hard to try hard to, to take advantage in, in the best way possible to take advantage of the situation to maybe do some things you don't normally have time to do with your youngsters. And hopefully they'll not come out of this, uh, you know, any more scarred than they need to be from being removed from their friends and their schools for so long. Yeah. It's overwhelming for them too. We, we, I think we roughly did that at the same time because we, uh, I'd mentioned to you that we, uh, had quit listening to the morning news while everybody was having breakfast because, uh, the kids were just having too many sort of scary thoughts and asking questions about their elders and, uh, the longevity of their elders' lives, et cetera. So that's funny because that's where we wound up we getting hung that. up. We wound up yep. getting hung up on grandmas and grandpas. Yeah. Yeah. I think it go it's worth mentioning too that uh the whole reason that you're we're you're kind of beat by the COVID and you're forced to do this uh podcast is because we're taking it seriously, this whole social distancing thing. And uh you know, locked up in our houses and trying to, you know, do be doing our civic duty to hopefully help this thing, uh, get better soon. And, uh, hopefully everybody else is taking it as seriously. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, when you guys first got back to Mexico and, and, uh, I brought over a grocery run for you guys, uh, and, and maintaining the social distance and, and my little buddy, your youngest, you know, easily eight out of 10 times I come to your house, I'd, you know, pick the little guy up and give him a big hug and having to stop him short and the three of us yelling at him not to come any closer. Like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What a horrible... I mean, damn near cried on the way home. Like that is just, it's terrible. So I, I, I really do feel for you parents out there. Cause I'm sickeningly independent and uh, selfish over here in my, uh, in my garage. So, yeah, it's hard on everybody, man. Um, I really can't even tell you. It's, I think that if it was happening for natural reasons, like if I was just up at my fish shack, for a couple of weeks with my family, I wouldn't be like, man, do I miss my friends? But just knowing that you can't um, carry on the way you carry on and that I, you know, not able to hang out with you guys. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's hurtful. It's, it's hurt. I, I don't like it. I, I miss everybody. Um, when this is over, I think we'll all probably look at each other differently. Um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up for now and uh, take care of your, take care of your family. Take care of your friends. Take care of your community. Take care of your country. You know, kind of in that order. Um, Be respectful when you get outside, but get outside. Yeah. We'll all get through this. Talk to you guys soon.
This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable, they're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go. Stop by your local Tacova's store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today.